We are SC Podcast, Sunday Morning Cornerback Edition, ASU Review. And uh, Daryl Rideau joining me as always. Daryl, want to talk about this uh, game last night, 48-17 to win for the Trojans. And you and I were kind of talking, getting ready for the podcast, and, and both in agreement that the most impressive thing about this was the way that you responded to what happened at Notre Dame last week and the adversity that was really hitting the program from all angles uh, in practice last week. And, and you come out with uh, a, a wonderful performance from so many areas. Fantastic response from the Trojans, Clay Helton, and the team. And, and Gary, you got to give a lot of credit to it, considering that when you and I were at practice earlier in the week on, on Wednesday, you, you didn't get the sense that the team had the energy, that they were lacking something, and that perhaps there might be a, a lingering or residual effect of losing to Notre Dame the way that they did. Mm-hmm. But to go on the road into the desert where it hasn't been necessarily pleasant for the Trojans over the past decade, you know, against a hot team, many would argue that coming in um, was, was probably primed to continue, you know, uh, a certain level of play that could cause USC a lot of problems. But when you start getting healthier bodies back, you know, Daniel Imatorbebe, you saw, you know, the likes of a Michael Pittman, uh, Gustin Porter, or um, Porter Gustin, rather, on the field. You have to love the fact that not only do you get healthy bodies coming back, Gary, but just that calming presence on the road when you when you need experience to complement this young talent, they all showed up and they showed up in a complete way. Oh, I thought just to your point of yeah, oh, veteran guys coming in. I think on defense, and let's go ahead and start off talking about some defense right now. Um, even though the offense, what the offense did at the start, Daryl, I thought was so critical. Um, just absolutely took that ASU crowd out of it. What are they doing scheduling us for homecoming? Right. Uh, really? <laughs> really? You know, I, I, I'm sure when you're circling teams, do you really want the Cardinal and Gold coming in to upset the, what many would say is, is the day that you, you should be rejoicing with the victory? Um, uh, look but, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but Gary, you know, you, you talk about how the offense came out. And isn't it amazing what happens when they come out and they play as clean of a first half as we've seen them play all season? And the results that you get when there's a commitment to the running game and and you have the presence of an Imator Bebe at at the tight end position and how that gives provides a lot of spacing to those wide receivers. What's most impressive is on the road, you seem to put you choreographed a cadence of plays that really seem to uh benefit the the skill set that that the Trojans came out with and it really told a great story and I was very impressed with how they were able to take the uh, the Arizona State uh, crowd out of this game and I thought it critical you you could have easily ridden the hot hand of Sam Sam came out playing very well and we have seen in in games this year where the balance has shifted in favor of the pass early on and it just happens. I was really impressed with that patience, Daryl. And and I'll say this, there's been so much talk about the flow of the USC offense or the lack of it at times. I thought the flow and rhythm yesterday was fantastic. Uh, I do, too. And kudos to uh, Coach Clay Helton, you know, not only evaluating the pulse of his team, the energy of his team, but really it it felt like he might have taken, you know, a self-diagnosis 
an evaluation of how his coaches were kind of handling this pressure too. And and you mentioned in our um, as we were preparing for this podcast that uh, Clay made a comment about uh, to his players and, and may have taken some of his own advice about really just kind of having fun and embracing the competition and enjoying the last few games that the senior class will have with one another because these games are the only games that are that are guaranteed on the schedule. So enjoy the process. And I got the sense that on the road against this hostile environment in the desert where, where the odds were stacked against the Trojans, that they did indeed have fun as it showed in their energy and their play on the field. Give, give me some thoughts on the, on the offensive line yesterday, Daryl. I, I really thought that that Sun Devil defensive front and front seven was really good. Tayshawn Smallwood certainly helped us quite a bit. The former Trojan commit gave right. us three three personal foul penalties. Thank you very much, Tayshawn. But beyond that, uh, I'm really looking at Andrew Voorhees these days and saying, boy, this young man is really impressing me with what we saw last night. No, no doubt. And like I said, this is this is um... – I think the benefit of d- developing chemistry and continuity, but also mm-hmm. spacing. When there's a commitment to the running game, and I've said this for weeks on and weeks a yes. uh, weekend, that when you commit to the running game, it, it takes on a, a, um, a physical personality of your team. And um, offensive linemen do not like to be on skates. They do not like to, to retreat into a pass protection. They want to take the fight to their opponent, wear them down. And, and what we were able to see was we were able to see a very active offensive line having fun and enjoying finishing plays. And then I thought what that did was it led to a rhythm with play-action pass. It, it caused – uh, the Sun Devils to put more into the box, kind of crowd that line of scrimmage just because of the threat of the run, which then uh, allowed for Sam Darnold to have a clean window and clean path down the field. But you talked about Voorhees. I, I really like his tenacity, the way that he, he goes about it. You know, he can be one of those players that just kind of galvanizes this offensive line um, as as we move into the final quarter of the season. Let's talk about a couple individual uh, performances here. I thought uh, Tyler Mons, what another step up for this young man. Ever since that light bulb proverbially went on, uh, he has raised his game even more and more. Uh, Helton talks about those catch-bang plays. Well, no better example than what we saw from Tyler. He got popped. Uh, It was a great pass by Sam. Great catch by Tyler right. and a great hanging on to the ball on that one, so kudos to him. I want to talk Tyler Petit with his run after catch. Um, again, stepping up. Sam with a nice run. Uh, let's add it to what he did. But Stephen Mitchell's block on uh, on Ronald's touchdown run, that was a thing of beauty. And then Vivai Malapii with his hard running. Um, we've seen it before with him. Boy, it was nice to see him get a few extra carries. Hope the knee's okay. We'll find out tonight. But so many guys, Daryl, stepping up throughout the entire offense. And Gary, and again, we talk about it. You come off of a loss where, uh, you know, you, you really got embarrassed. And to see how this team responded, you know, you don't see a lot of guys playing for themselves. What you just talked about and you just acknowledged was uh, a, a, a number of different players sacrificed 
sacrificing for the betterment of the team, sacrificing their body, trusting that Darnold's going to put the ball where it needs to be, and, and then, but also a commitment to following through. And all year long, we've had to rely more so on Tyler Petit's play at the tight end position, but he's starting to round out into a very complete tight end. And that is something that this offense has benefited from. Just that presence alone, his run after catch, his ability to now extend the plays beyond just, you know, a possession tight end. All of this both extremely well as the Trojans become more healthy and they start rounding into shape. But again, you know, you, you, you talk about uh, just how this team just always seems to be unfazed with adversity. But was it deja vu or what? Watching the Sun Devils have an opportunity before halftime for a Hail Mary play. Now, this was one of the most bizarre plays that I've ever seen, Gary, because from my vantage point, I didn't think that the receiver's momentum carried him into the end zone, and I don't think any of those Trojans to a man thought that either as they raced into the, the end zone. But how dangerous could that have been if guys are you know, mentally kind of dialed out, now they're relaxed, and you ask them to come back out for an additional play? Oh, especially that so you get the touchdown there, then they come out to open the third quarter with another touchdown. If, if there was a little moment of, uh-oh, that yeah. was it. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. We, we we never got a good look at it with with the instant replay, and so you didn't have that uh, that view right down the end zone line, and and so that just leaves you kind of guessing. I can understand the argument that they were making the 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 way the guy was positioned before he hit the ground, and there was so much movement, and you just couldn't see the depth perception. Um, right. That was a close one. It, it, that was, it a was a real close, close one. And Very it, controversial. It, it hurt to have it. It hurt to have it happen against them. Brought up some bad memories. Sorry, Hayes. Right, Lord. but but, but we talked talk about how you know this Trojan team was unfazed by it, D- despite giving up those fourteen points in no what virtually felt like you know the within a two minute span. That that could have been like you said, you know, um, the the rallying cry that Arizona State needed. But this is a very savvy team that just doesn't seem to be phased by these isolated situations. And just the way that, again, you know, they were able to stymie Arizona's offense. I never thought that Arizona's, uh, Arizona State's offense got off to a really strong rhythm that they could build upon series after series. No, I mean, when we talked about the injured guys coming back, I just think getting – Getting Porter Gustin and Josh Fatu back, it was unexpected. Yes. Uh, yeah. at, at the Wednesday practice, Neo, neither guy went. Um, right. Both were able to do a little bit on Thursday. But to, it's not that, you know, I don't even think Josh Fatu had a tackle, um, and, and certainly Porter Porter had one tackle. But Porter's impact on the pass rush uh, to get two, sack, two, two key third down sacks where he was yeah. able to apply the yeah. pressure and to force the quarterback to step up, and Rasheen Green was waiting right there. Um, right. That impacted the game so much right there. You know, and and we sometimes we lose sight of how the presence of others, you know, either frees up, takes takes pressure off of the rest of the 11 on the field. And, you know, if you don't think for a second that Green didn't benefit from having Gustin, his presence sure. back on the field, and just that, Subtle attention by the offensive uh, tackle and guard, just to fan out seeing 45 on the field and what in the havoc that he caused at the beginning of the season. Don't think for a second that that wasn't just enough to allow uh, to Green to cause that kind of havoc. And that's what I'm saying. As the and then you talked about Fatu, 
having healthy bodies at the right time, plugging the holes, regardless of how many reps they're giving you, the reps are very meaningful because you never know what play is going to be the deciding play. So so maximizing their ability on the field, rotating them through, keeps healthy bodies, especially in the desert where that air is very dry, and guys oftentimes, you know, need to be, you know, need need to catch their breath. Um, getting yeah. consistency in the rotation, I thought, helped them as well. Yeah, and just giving Brandon Peely, you know, a true freshman, giving him that rest. I, I loved it. I loved Nuwusu with uh, – Three sacks, um, dominating for a stretch there for a series, and then also getting another pass breakup. Uh, but Daryl, I, I, I want to go back to the secondary really quick, and we did not see Biggie Marshall. Uh, yeah. We saw Isaiah Langley out there, and we still saw Jack Jack in the center of things yeah. over there in a very interesting matchup with Nikhil Harry. Uh, I, I want to talk uh, Langley first. Give us your thoughts on how that young man did. You know, I think that Langley is finally taking advantage of his opportunity, waiting very patiently, has always been someone that I thought physically had the skill set, but due to some off-the-field circumstances, uh, I just thought that at times we might not have gotten 100% of his focus. But now that we do seem to have it, I think what he poses uh, with his long body and his technique in man coverage allows for Clancy Pendergast in this defense to do some special things, the way that they can go in and out of zone coverage, knowing that his his um, man-to-man coverage skill set allows for them to be complete across the board. And it's no slight to Biggie Marshall. Iman is a tr- tremendous talent, you know, but I thought he was playing for a corner out of position. I thought if they perhaps would have flipped him to the other side where he could go up against the split-in receivers or known as the X receivers. For many of USC fans, that's the position that Dwayne Jarrett and Mike Williams often played. A bigger corner against a bigger receiver like a Harry goes hand-in-hand. Now you have two corners that are very athletic, versatile, and it allows for this defense to play games. I think that moving forward until Biggie is healthy enough to return, that Langley uh, can provide some very serviceable minutes. But not only that, look for him to have opportunities to, to create turnovers because he does have exceptional hands as well. And then it looks like Jack Jack, you what we saw last night is kind of what you're getting from Jack Jack. He had the one uh, the one big play given up, the 70 yard touchdown. Yeah. You saw him jawing with. Uh, Harry in the Sun Devil sideline at times, and it seemed like he he got a penalty drawn on Nikhil Harry because he got in his head at one point. But you're also seeing some very good coverage starting to come from Jackie Jones. And and again, if we can stomach and live with that, I think that he is what this team is missing on the defense. He brings an attitude and a tenacity about his game that's a little rough, and sometimes it's uncut like a diamond, but. I tell you, the production that you're getting out of him, if you can live with the yin and the yang, you know, you're going to get more high production than plays that he gives up. But you have to live with both. And I think over the years, with the Dory's high-risk, high-reward type of mentality, I think that this defense over the years have become accustomed to having one of those type of corners that, that could make those type of plays, but also recognize that um, that they also could be susceptible to giving up plays. Well, it's interesting, Daryl, because now all of a sudden you got through one Arizona challenge. You've got another one coming up uh, 
next Saturday. But like you say, as you're getting more bodies healthy and getting guys returning along that defense, especially you're starting to look at things out there. Uh, Khalil Tate, obviously the big challenge uh, with Arizona, another big running quarterback. But to see that response yesterday, I think is going to give so much optimism as the Trojans get back, get back home again. It seems like you've been on the road for a while. Um, Get back home, get some home cooking. It'll be homecoming. And uh, I don't know. You you look at it right now and say this is another game for positioning for that Pac-12 South title. And uh, to me, I'm enjoying a good old-fashioned, you know, it used to be a run for the Roses, but now it's a a run for the Pac-12 title. I'm enjoying this because it's still very much in play right now. It it is, you know, and and by them defeating – uh, Arizona State. Really, the Trojans control their own destiny as it pertains to the Pac-12 South. And if you're uh, Coach Clay Helton, that's all you can really preach at the moment is let's control our destiny. Let's see how you know everything else kind of plays out. But by by no stretch of the imagination um, is the road simple for them. But the way that they seem to compartmentalize these games and treat it as a one-game-at-a-time approach, knowing that you are coming home and you actually do get to sleep in a little bit, I think will help these Trojans as they be, be um, they get healthier. But, you know, the, the last point I guess I really want to make is as much flack as I really wanted to give this team, it, it was very difficult because every week it seemed like the faces were changing, there, there was lack of chemistry. But to watch these subtle corrections, these subtle adjustments being made uh, on a weekend and week out basis and, and watching how this team seems to respond when, when things don't go well for them leads me to believe that, you know, we, as, as we may have not seen the best version of this team, I still think the best football is yet to come. And if you're the Wildcats of Arizona coming into the Coliseum this week, I would look out because I think that if, if they, have figured out something on how uh, on how they're calling plays, and I'm referring to USC's offense. I think the the best of USC football is still ahead of us. 600 yards of offense against a team that had given up 265 to Utah and 230 to Washington. That's a big number, Daryl. It's a, a big, big number. number, and it was a number that I was not expecting. I thought we were going to get more of a fight from Arizona State, and I thought that they would have the Trojans on their heels. Didn't happen. Okay, for the Sunday Morning Cornerback, for Dervado, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SE Podcast.